0: We're going to basically conduct a business meeting here this morning. And you might think, uh, well, this is church. This isn't a business. And um, let me just throw that on the ground real quick. And uh, understand that, you know, the church isn't like the world, and we're not doing things like the world. But the structure that the business world has taken on, they got it from the church. They got it from the Bible. If you look back and, and how Moses and Jethro. His father-in-law gave him advice to break it up and to make tiers of leadership, not because we're trying to put ranks on people and make somebody better or higher or more qualified or whatever than somebody else. we just got to have a system here. Otherwise, everybody's just doing their own thing. Everybody's own little vision is getting ran rapid, and the main course that has been put in the pastor or the leader's heart is not getting carried out, unless, of course, we have a system a delegation thing, a breakdown of leadership, if you want to call it that. Again, I use those words lightly because I'm not trying to say that I'm higher than you are and pastor's higher than me or anything like that because in God's eyes, we're all on a level playing field, but it's just a reality. We have to have a system and we need people operating in that system. So that's what we're doing here this morning. So what I want to start with, every good business meeting starts off with a (laughs) review And I want to look at what we've done last year. And I've got a short list here of just some of the things that we've done last year as a church body and things that we have accomplished. You know, all of last year, pastor was teaching on pursuing and and even more uh, uh, specifically revival and reaching out. And and do you guys even remember we did the Billy Graham crusade, My Hope America, and we we taught you about that and we, we reached out to our friends and families and neighbors or whatever it might be. And we had an Easter service designed to that, and we had people come. We had people get saved. That's some good fruit of our labors and our efforts to do some things together. Um, it, not exactly too many kids have been out there playing on a hit lately. I don't know what their problem is, if they're just ungrateful or what. But we got a, we got a really sweet Noah's Ark playground out there. and. A lot of you came out here on Saturdays and weeknights and things like that and put your efforts forward. You know, a lot of you are good with tools and construction and things like that. And you were a huge blessing in putting that thing up. And we have what I think is one of the coolest playgrounds that exist. And and it's going to keep growing and getting even more stuff on it as time goes and things like that. And the kids will use that. So that was something we accomplished. Even... Simple things, we got the youth room insulated better, so it isn't like sub-zero in there every Wednesday when we try to have church during the uh, the winter months. Uh, we got a new website put together, and you'll be hearing more about that probably next week, and, and that's what pastor's referring to. We can get our messages back online now and things like that. <clears throat> um, I don't know if you, even minor things, like the front entrance here, as you come into the church, you know, we got the... The front entrance redone by the county working with them and stuff, so it's not a sharp drop-off. You know, just keeping our grounds together so it isn't falling apart or ends up looking like some sort of run-down church that is that even open or not kind of thing. Um, And I would hope that you noticed that the appearance of the building changed. And we now have new sidewall on this front entrance here. Um, You know, we had a hail claim that hit on the building. We got a brand-new roof, which was a huge blessing to us because our old one was leaking, and it was not in good shape, and uh, it's not exactly real cheap to just change out a roof like that. So thank God for insurance and and our ability to be able to get a new roof. We got a new entrance here, or not an entrance, but a new front wall here. We were able to do some different things with the green steel just to keep the place looking nice and up-to-date, and relevant pastor painted his office uh, this year we're going to be doing some more painting over there sprucing up the children's church room i know the girls got a lot of ideas of what they want to do and i think that's that's great um, <clears throat> and then you know on the spiritual side of things with like mike keys and jeff rogers our our missions that we support um, this just blows my mind every year of what a church of this size is giving above and beyond their ties and their offerings to the local church—you guys are giving to uh, the missions that we support. We put out twenty-one thousand seven hundred and ten dollars between Mike Keys and Jeff Rogers. That is really awesome, and that's—you know—that is doing way beyond anything we even see with our own eyes. We have no idea the fruit that that is producing for you yourselves personally. You know, as pastors talking, you give and you receive, and. Um, it's hard to maybe in the natural see some of that stuff. So that's a huge thing. You know, we had 32 visitors last year. We got three new members uh, out of that. Um, that's, that's a good thing. And, and we're continually striving forward to make this a place that people feel they can be a part of something bigger than themselves. And, and that's our goal. And that's what I wanna kinda go through this morning a little bit with you. Um, and I did teach a little bit last time about um, helps ministry and our roles here. And I'm just going to overview just a little bit of that and get into some different things this morning. But basically we talked in, in Numbers chapter 16. You know i have turned turn there. But we talked about Korah. And Korah was uh, one of the groups of the Levites. And in the Old Testament, the Levites were the priests. So those, that was the chosen group to be the ministers in the house of God. The Levites were separated by God, pulled apart, They didn't go out and do the manual labor, so to speak. Their only purpose was to go to God on behalf of the people to do the work in the tabernacle or the house of God, if you want to call it that. They were doing the sacrifices and and going before God on behalf of the people. And, uh, you know, Korah was not necessarily, and his gang was not necessarily a good thing. What they did, they were trying to even buy for higher position, yada, yada, that wasn't what I was really trying to focus on. What I was trying to focus on is how God had specifically said how he separated them. He had called them out. He had brought them apart from everyone else to be apart in his house to do the work of the ministry in the tabernacle. And then we looked at, and you can go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And I want you to see this because this is kind of where the heartbeat of what we're looking at is. In 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9, and this is Peter writing to believers, basically. And so he's writing this to you and I, and this is a, a word for us. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. If you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you are a born-again believer, a Christian, this is you. Basically, he's calling us a royal priesthood, and if you go back and you look at the Levites, they were called a royal priesthood. They were set apart by God for the work of the ministry. Well, now, lineage and heritage and things like that aren't what qualify you to be part of the Levite family, to be part of the generation of God that serves God. Now it's Confessing that Jesus Christ, your Lord, if you call yourself a Christian, this is you. you have been separated and you and it's not that you have been separated from the other tribes of God, but you've been separated out of the world. you are set apart by God, specifically called by God. you have been plucked out by God, handpicked, chosen to be right here right now, part of this time and part of Harvest church. You are specifically chosen to be a part of this ministry. And you're here to do just that. So you have a part to play. And it's not by fluke or by accident that you became a Christian. God chooses his people. And it's not that he doesn't love those that are on the outside. It's his desire that everyone comes to the saving knowledge of Christ. But, you know, some of us can be a little bullheaded and resistant for a while. And so that's part of our job, too, is to reach out to others. But, but what I want you to see as you have been chosen by God to be a part of this ministry and to do the work of the tabernacle. There aren't just pastor only that has to be the one that takes care of the house of God. He's not the one that needs to paint the walls if they need painted, mow the grass when it needs mowed, uh, do ground maintenance, do the updates and work on the furnace and change out the water softener if it breaks, whatever it may be. He's not called all by himself to do that work let alone go to god on your behalf let alone pray for you let alone meet with you if you're dealing with things that's obviously a little much you know and that's not what his specific calling is but inside of the body we've all been called to be a part of the work of the tabernacle the house of god and we all have a specific part to play just like we were talking a bit in the beginning we're not trying to replicate the world and how a business is ran, but the world is trying to replicate how the church is ran. There's a system, there's a design, there's leadership, there's a breakdown of, 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 of departments that keep everything flowing, keep everything moving. We've got so many different areas of ministry here we've between our ushers and we've got children's church teachers that are operating right now we've got nursery workers in there taking care of the babies right now we've got toddler teachers over there taking care of that we've got security people looking at things and taking care of things you don't even know maybe necessarily going on all of this stuff is happening as we go he can't do that by himself i can't do that by myself that's why we get together as a body we all have a specific part to play And we have a place to get into and get involved with. And many of you are obviously doing just that. And if you're fairly new here, that's something we can get you involved in. We have areas that have uh, needs, and we can get people involved. And I believe God is the one that will put within your heart what it is that he would have you to do. And many of you are serving in those areas that you know you belong in and you know you need to be serving in. And I think maybe some people are frustrated because they're in areas they don't belong in. And you know where you're supposed to be, but you're not sure how to go about it, what to do. That's what this is all about. That's what we're doing. Um, And I'm not going to read all of this to you, but uh, uh, it says that in Exodus 31, 1 through 6, it talks about how God specifically called out several people to help build the tabernacle. When they were out in the wilderness, they got called out of Egypt, and they're going through the wilderness and God wants to build his house, a place where the Levites can meet with him, can get together with him and, and uh, minister to him on behalf of the people. So they're building that tabernacle or the church, basically. It was a portable church. Uh, let's go to Exodus 35 in verse 30. And I will read you this one. And this is basically a exact duplicate of what is in Exodus 31 and how God had called these people out specifically. 35, and starting in verse 30, and we'll read through a little bit of this here. And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name... And these are the names that I can't seem to ever get out. You know, it's like I was saying last time, I sit here and try and practice these, but... Uh, Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Now, before I move on, did you see who filled them with wisdom? Who filled them with knowledge? Who gave them that understanding? It was God that put it in their hearts. It wasn't me telling you to do something, it wasn't me showing you how you have to do something. Granted, we'll work through what needs to be done and show you what's got to be done, but it's God that's going to put it in your heart exactly what he has called you to do. And he did this to, in verse 32, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, and cutting jewels, for setting and carving wood, and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. And he has put in, in, the heart, in his heart the ability to teach him, in him an Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan, He has filled them with the skill to do all manner of work of the engraving and the designer and the tapestry maker in blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine linen uh, and of the weaver, those who do every work and those who design artistic works. And these two and, and every gifted artisan in whom the Lord has put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary shall do according to all that the Lord has commanded. Basically, God gave Moses, the leadership, the pastor, the vision, this is what I want done. Here's how it needs to look. Here's the blueprint. And then these guys came in, grabbed the blueprint, and had the understanding how to make that blueprint come to life, put within their hearts by God. I have here blueprints of different areas and different things that we need somebody to oversee, take care of, run with, have the knowledge to do, and take care of on a regular basis so it doesn't continually pile up. And then usually I end up getting a little bit overwhelmed I'm thinking we got these 10 different areas that need somebody. I'm trying to beg people to come and help. I'm trying to get people to take care of it. Well, what we're doing is is we are wanting to lay out a pattern, an established vision, if you want to call it that, of how this is going to operate, and we need people that are willing to grab a hold of these different departments, these different areas, and, and say, you know what, this is mine. This is what God has called me to do. I'm going to take care of this. I'm not going to let it be a burden to the church. I'm not going to let it be a burden to leadership. This is mine. I can excel in this. This is my work of the tabernacle, my work of the ministry. And this is what I'm going to do. And if I need help, I'm going to get a hold of some other people within the church. I'm going to round them up. I'm going to have them come help me, take care of whatever it is, so on and so forth. We've got a lot of different areas, systems as we're calling it, that need attention and and need somebody just to take care of those areas, along with all of our regular helps ministry, you know, between children's church and nursery Um, And things like that Even in those areas We've got leadership That has said You know what This is mine And I'm going to oversee this I'm going to take care of this For example Our ushers Dennis is our head usher That's his He takes the leadership role of that He's getting people organized To help him with that He oversees all the other ushers He's making sure That they're doing What they're supposed to be doing That all the areas That are underneath the ushers Are handled And taken care of And that's what That's what these two men basically were called by God and separated along with many others. He put it in their hearts how to do those things and how to, how to the wisdom and the knowledge to perform those tasks and to take care of those. And you might say to yourself, and this is exactly what I would think to myself, well, good for them. I'm glad God gave them that wisdom and knowledge and understanding how to take care of that. I don't have a clue what I'm doing with much of anything. And what am I supposed to do here? I don't know where to go, what to do how to handle those things. Um, most of this stuff is nuts and bolts types of things. It's not some super spiritual thing, if you want to call it that. Now, it does come with a ton of spiritual blessings and spiritual things that God will equip you with to do those things, but they're just practical things that we've got to have done around here. And I guarantee you, most of you are like, hey, you know what, I know how to do that. That's something that I do well in or I've done a lot of my life and kind of things for example I do construction that's what's within me and God has given me the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding on how to excel in that department so when it come time to build Noah's ark I didn't do all of that by any means but he put within my heart what that thing's going to look like and how to get it started now not completely build it because that thing was a whole lot of fun and interesting things But he did call others alongside. For example, Steve come in and helped a ton bring more knowledge and understanding to that project on how to do some of the things. And several of you other guys had great uh, understanding and knowledge. And and you can just blow that off as it's just something I know how to do. But that's a gift from God that God put within you. And God has put within me to be a blessing to the body of Christ and to be able to use that gift here. Yes, I use it in the world. To make an income, which is also something I use to be a blessing to the church, because then I can tithe and sow offerings and give almonds and uh, things like that, but <clears throat> some things never never get never die. This is what I hear about a lot at work with working with that guy too, is almonds and stuff, but anyway um, so those are those are within you to be a blessing to the body of christ and 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 uh, you just got to realize. I think so often we look at this stuff as a dumbed down thing to do. It's just a task to do, just a job I have to do. Well, you have a job in the world. That's a job you may have to do, so to speak. Here, it's not a job. Yes, we're running a business meeting today, but this is not a job. This is a ministry. This is a calling from God. That is a gift from God that He has put within you. And if you will use it for Him, to glorify Him, You'll be amazed at the wisdom, the knowledge, the anointing that he'll put with on you, the grace that he will give you to do that thing and to excel, and it'll just amaze you, and it'll be a blessing to you, too, to use that gift for God. And, you know, Abe can go out and play music anywhere he wants to and just do things just for the heck of it and for fun, but I guarantee you it ain't no comparison to when he's up here because up here... He's called of God, he's gifted by God, and he's anointed by God. And there is no better rush than to work underneath the anointing. And, and, you know, I'm not trying to make it something superficial, but it is an awesome thing to be able to be used by God, graced by God to do those things and to be a blessing to God. It just charges you up. It's just a wonderful thing. And so that's what we're doing here, and that's what we're going to be doing here in the near future. Now, understand, I want to hit this point real quick, too. Moses was called of God to take him into the promised land. Did he go into the promised land? Never made it. Because he got into the flesh and started doing things his own way and got himself into trouble. Now, thank God for grace and mercy, and we're probably not held maybe to that same exact standards that, that he was, but understand that the principle is still there. If you won't do what God has asked you to do and you won't get on board and fulfill that ministry that he has called you to this church to do, you're going to miss out. He will get it done. Somebody will do it. And somebody will take your blessing. And you'll miss it. And I can't help but think over the years that there's been a lot of faithful people in this church. You know, I pointed out Nate last time that's probably stolen a lot of people's blessings here. Because he's willing to do anything he can put his hands to. And I've had to ask him to do things that I know he wasn't supposed to have to do. But he's the only one willing to do it. So, for the most part, though, everybody's always wonderful, helpful, and things like that. Don't get me wrong that he's the only guy that's ever willing to help me out. But, But he's hungry to do things for God. And it doesn't matter to him what it is. I mean, the guy jumps on the opportunity to go out and rake rocks out of the grass for crying out loud. Who wants to do that? That's not maybe necessarily that high of a rush item, but guess what? It needs to be done, and he's out there having a good time doing it because he knows God will bless him for it, and he knows God will grace him to do it. He's a good weed killer, too. <laughs> as he is. So don't miss your opportunity. You know, Pastor Kathy has taught about last week about the ebb and the flow. And right now we might be in an ebb season, and it's like we're pulled back, if you want to call it that. And this is and what she, what, was, what I thought was perfect, the way she laid that out, is this is the time not to back off, not to grow weary in well-doing, not to get frustrated and say, man, nothing's happening anyway with me doing whatever area of ministry it is. This is just boring. It's just a job. I don't like this anymore. I'm getting tired of it. It's not a time to start talking like that. It's not a time to start giving up and throwing out, towel so to speak because this thing's gonna pop and this thing's gonna take off right now is our chance and our time to prepare to get ready what are we gonna do when this world just continues to get more rampant and someday it's gonna pop and people are gonna start going this isn't good I don't like this no more I need something real I need something concrete And I need better in my life than this because this is a scary, dark world. I need some hope. I need some future. I need some trust. And I need some love. And they're going to start seeing you shining out there, loving life yet, even in the middle of all this crap going on. And they're going to start flocking and running into the doors. Dr. Mark Barclay shared this even a year ago already. He said they're going to start pounding down your doors and coming in because there's going to be something solid and something of a hope that they can grab a hold of. That they see in you and they ain't even going to understand it. And they're going to drag all kinds of baggage in with them. They're going to bring their demons in with them. They're going to bring their problems in with them. You better get ready. Well, if we're sitting here fumbling around trying to figure out who's going to change the furnace filters. Who's going to pick up the offering. Who's counting the offering. And who's watching the offering door to make sure some knucklehead who just rolled into the church that doesn't have a clue what's going on. Don't decide to get a little greedy that day and grab a hold of them. You know, just reality let's not wait till then because they're not going to come pounding down our doors if we ain't ready for them so now's our chance to get ready for them let's tighten up the reins let's get this thing working like a well-oiled machine everybody doing their part to where he can stand back and go this is good this is what god has said now let's start moving this thing forward because it's going to go forward and if you aren't on board and we aren't doing your part, you're going to end up with a tire print on your face. You're going to get ran over. Because one way or the other, God is going to do what he wants to do. He's going to get his His vision done. He's going to get the ministry done. And we as Harvest Church don't want to miss out. So this is our chance. So I want to encourage you, if you're not involved, get involved. Get Get involved somewhere. Maybe you don't know what to do. Come see me. We've got things for you to do. We'll get you plugged in, and we'll work out the kinks as we go, and we'll figure out where you perfectly fit. Maybe you are in a spot, and you know, I don't belong here. I belong there. Or maybe you are in a spot, and you've been backing off. That's easy to do, especially when it's been in an ebb season. It can look like things just aren't happening. You can start losing your thrust. You can start losing your desire. You can start losing your hunger because you're not seeing the results you're expecting to see. So you get ready and you about jump off your surfboard before the big wave comes. Don't let that happen. So now is the time. So maybe that's been you. I encourage you to get back in and push with all your might and get ready to hang on because it's going to pop. And then you're going to be ready and you're going to ride that wave and this thing's going to just flow smoothly and you're going to start seeing them come in and we're going to be able to handle them. We're going to be able to put them in where they belong. We're going to be able to organize them. We're going to be able to get them saved, set free, delivered speaking in tongues filled with the Spirit of God and on fire for God because we're ready and we're not busy just trying to figure out how we're running this church and what we're doing. Amen? Amen. So that's what I want to really encourage you this morning to be a part of. Now, I have no idea where I was at because I just kind of got carried away there. But anyway, I don't know what I did with my message. It's in there somewhere, but... <clears throat> okay. So Like I said We have different areas That we need People I believe God is moving on your heart And will move on your heart To be a part of these things We've got some people we know already fit And we've already talked to some of you But you know our grounds maintenance Between weed spraying, mowing, equipment maintenance Parking lot and playground upkeep You know, somebody's got to take care of that stuff. We've got to make sure that that playground that we just built don't fall apart on us, and then kids are getting hurt out there, and the whole thing just becomes a disaster. You know, who's overlooking that? Who's making sure that's taken care of, that our kids are safe out there? You know, wouldn't you appreciate making sure somebody checked the ropes, secured the things? Just stuff like that. Make sure everything's safe for your kids. You know, lights, you know, and we've been talking with Sky Hoskinson about this. He's going to take care of our lighting. Bob goes out. That's him. He's going to take care of that. We don't have to worry about, oh, crap, now there's six of them out. I better figure out who I can get rounded up to take care of that. you know. Or maybe this Saturday I can come out whatever. No, that's his baby. He's just going to run with that. He's going to take care of that. He's going to make sure if one goes out, he knows whether it's a bulb, it's a ballast. He's going to get it replaced. He's going to get the stuff bought done, taken care of. You know, Our HVAC units, we've got plumbing, things that need to be keeping an eye on. We wax our floors over there. Uh, the baptismal, just even preparing the baptismal for when we have baptisms and then taking the baptismal back down and getting it put back away, stuff like that. Um, you know, electronics, building maintenance, these are all different areas that we need people that God has put within their heart to get a hold of, to take it and run with, and, and oversee these areas. So, some of you, I'm going to be coming to you because I know God. Yes, we've been praying, and I know God has put it in my heart that you're the one to oversee these areas. And many of you are even kind of somewhat dabbling in these areas from time to time, but I've created basically a layout of how that system works and what you've got to do to keep it working, where you've got to go if you've got to get supplies, how you get the supplies, how you go about getting the money to get the supplies. All of it's laid out. We've got it laid out. We'll give that to you. And you're going to take that and go, this is my baby, and I'm going to take care of it. They're not going to have to worry about this no more. I'm going to do my part to uphold pastor's hands with this right here so he doesn't have to take care of it or try to get somebody to take care of it. Amen? So some of you are going to hear from me. Now, if you're hearing some of this and God's stirring your heart right now and you're thinking, that's me, come see me, tell me that, and we'll get you plugged in and get you going on that because I don't want to, uh, squelch somebody else out either and say, oh no, I'm, I'm thinking them. Because some of these are going to take a couple of people to to, to handle them because it might be a bit much for one guy. So along and besides that is our regular helps ministry stuff. Um, you know, just between, like I said, nursery, children's teachers, toddlers, teachers, Wednesday night uh, toddlers. Uh, you know, we got our 180 stuff going on. Uh, we've got ushers, we've got sound people, we've got security stuff taking place in behind. All of these areas are areas that that you can be a part of and we can get you plugged into if that's what God has stirred your heart to do. So at the end of service today, I'm going to hang out up here for a bit. If you're new here and you say, this is my church, this is where I belong, this is where what I would call my church, my home church, then I want, and, but if you've never filled out a what I call a helps ministry survey, then you need to come see me, and we'll get you one of them, and we'll show you the different areas that there are to be a part of around here, and and allow God to speak to you what it is that He would have you to do, and we'll pray about it. And we'll get you plugged in, and we'll we'll get you hooked up so you can become a part of something bigger than yourself. You know, that's what I love about the church is we all get them plugged in, we all do our part. And, and, and it doesn't become one big burden to anybody because everybody's doing their part. It's an easy thing to do, but this thing just keeps moving forward. And we're going to move on. We're going to be a part of that next big wave when it hits because we're going to be ready because we've got all of our ducks in a row, and we're ready for them. We're ready for that influx of unbelievers and people who need, need God desperately. And so now is the time to prepare. If you're in an area that you've been serving in, for whatever, however long, whatever it might be, and you know that's not where you belong and you hate it, so to speak, first, pray about it. Don't just come to me and tell me that because you might just be experiencing the weary and well-doing thing. And you might just be distraught about it. You might just be distracted by other things going on that have kind of pulled you away and caused you to become numb to it. And I think that happens more than we realize, and it's easy to let that happen because there's so much going on in our lives and so much going on outside of the church too that's begging and prying for your attention so pray about it and seek god and say if this is what you want me to do god then stir up my heart get me get me wound up again about one thing that i used to be so wound up about stir my heart put that knowledge put that wisdom into my heart to do this thing that you've called me to do but if you know it's not right and you're in the wrong spot then come talk to me it never fails that the times that we do have somebody, it's, it's time for a, a switch up or something like that. It always works out. One goes and one comes in, and it just flourishes. And we do a little pruning, so to speak. <clears throat> but don't come to me and tell me, I don't like what I'm doing. I don't want to do anything else because I've got a two-by-four set aside for those people, too. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll just send you the pastor, and you don't want that. So, anyway, no, um, but don't come and tell me that because that ain't it either that ain 't if 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 you think just showing up doing nothing and going out again is what god 's called you to do you 're missing it you 're missing it you 're not going to experience some of this like I was saying, the high you get from the anointing for being a blessing. I remember when I first started coming to church, man I was grabbing a hold of anything I could. I was cutting styrofoam for one eighty who you know definitely nothing that real exciting and nothing i really enjoyed doing but i just wanted to do anything i could i loved being a part of this stuff and i love being able to be a blessing to harvest church and to god and i know that that's a lot of the seed sowing that i'm bearing fruit of now even and so you're laying up that and and it's just it's just fun to be a part of something like that and help in any way you can i mean um i ain't afraid to jump in there and Change the plungers in the toilets when they start leaking. You know, I enjoy doing that stuff and being a blessing any way that I can get my hands on. But I can't do it all. There's no way. He can't do it all. There's just no way. And I'll be robbing all your blessings, too. So that's not fair either. So it's definitely something you can be a part of and and get involved in. So, again, if any of those departments fit you, come see me. We'll talk about it. We'll get you involved. And and expect some of you are going to hear from me too in these different department listings and to be a part of that. So what I want to read to you is this is actually something from a little while back. But I sat down and for whatever reason started kind of writing, I don't want to say visions. It wasn't a vision from God or anything like that. But what what I think and what, what God has put in my heart is the blessing or the the part of each department of our helps ministry, and what 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 our thrive is, and what our thrust is, and what our desires should be, if you're involved in those departments, and and maybe you're not involved in any of these, but as I read this, God stirs your heart and says, you know what, that's something that I want to be a part of, and then come and tell me that we'll get you plugged in, but. This will just take a, a, a minute, but I, I encourage you to listen to this. And, and as we hit each department, you'll, you'll, I, I pray that it would stir your heart again if you are one of those that maybe it's just kind of pulled back and you're more complacent in it and it's not as exciting as it once was. But, um, first is in regards to our ushers. I see a team of ushers who are trained to move in unison as one following a rigid pattern of discipline that causes any unruly outsider or churchgoers to think twice about getting out of hand. Their consistent behavior reflects almost a militant-like attitude. These ushers bring a sense of peace to the body of believers so that they know that they can feed on the word of God by calm waters. The ushers recognize they are the structure of the flow of the service and they rely heavily on the anointing of God to open their eyes to things they need to see. This team brings order to the flow of service that allows leadership, the people, and even visitors to feel comfortable enough to participate in the various moves of God that take place. That's our ushers, and that's what they're doing. They're striving towards that more and more every day. And, I, and, and you know, I've gotten to work personally with a lot of the ushers and, and getting there and structuring that. And, and I'm proud to see where we've come and where we're going and where they're headed to. And, and these guys get it, you know, and, and they want to be a part of that, that bringing peace to the body. Security is the same way. I see a team of security that perfectly and swift, swiftly operates in the background at such a level that no church member is even aware of their watchful eye, a team that heads off dangerous situations before they can even make it to the front door. A team that isn't afraid to step into harm's way to protect their fellow Christians because they know that no evil shall befall them. A people who stand fast against the plans and devices of the evil one, first in the spirit and also in the natural. You know, we'd be foolish to think that there's no one out there that wants to do the body of Christ or harvest church harm. Now, granted, we're not living in fear here that somebody's going to come in here and take us all hostage or anything like that, but we're also smart and we're doing what we can do in the natural to make sure that don't happen, and then we're putting the rest on God, and it ain't going to happen, not in this house, because we've got people that are dedicated to that that take care of that for us. I see a team of nursery workers who esteem the value of the precious gift of God that a baby is and the tender, loving care required to nurture that little one. A team that cares so deeply for their fellow Christians to receive the word of God undistracted that they are willing to give up their opportunity to do so and watch the little ones for them. A team that realizes they have an opportunity, even if it may only be for an hour, to speak into the lives of those precious gifts of God, laying up a supply of the word and spirit for them in the future. You nursery workers, you ever look at it that way? You ever realize the opportunity you got, the blessing that you can be, and even, and even to those little ones' lives? <clears throat> Those Bible stories that we all grow up with, locked away forever inside of us, how do they get there? The stories like David and Goliath, Father Abraham, Moses, etc. They get there by a dedicated toddler teacher who sees the incredible opportunity of creating a foundation of, ba- of biblical principles for the little lives that they oversee. While they are in their very first stages of being able to learn and comprehend the Word of God, these dedicated teachers don't miss the chance to pump them full of the word which is able to save their souls. A toddler teacher who passionately spends time preparing in, adva- in, in advance illustrations, games, and other things that will get the kids to fall in love with learning about their creator. Some cool things, that, that I, and we've got toddler teachers that do that, and I think it's just a, a neat thing to be able to have an opportunity to sculpt the young ones at such a young age towards the things of God and plant within them things that that are going to last forever. I see a team of children's church workers whose hearts are sold out to the cause of teaching the kids biblical truths, that they are able to equip them for the world that is so rapidly changing for them from fairy tale to reality. They are moving from the ease of a toddler to a responsible child, entering into a world that wants to teach them crude, cruel, and vulgar things, a world that wants to rip away their purity. But we have teachers who, who know it that it doesn't have to be that way, who know they can teach faith, salvation, strength, evangelism, etc. to these kids, giving them a hope, a future, and a way. Teachers who recognize that the time and energy they sacrifice preparing messages, dealing with the wound-up, unruly kids, and giving up their opportunity to sit in regular church services and hear the word is a small price to pay to see children's lives changed by the word of God to see children sharing their faith with others outside the church, to see children born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. They know these things are only possible because they are willing to answer the call of God on their lives to teach these children. And we've got children's church teachers like that. And, and it's, it's awesome to see them and the things that these kids hear, and, and it's neat to see the kids excited they get upset when we don't have children's church, you know. When they come in and they find out there's no children's church. They throw, they almost throw a fit, because pastors are so boring to listen to. They don't want to be in here, no. But they're because they they enjoy what's going on over there. It's not boring to them. It's not down to them. They enjoy it because we got teachers that are passionate about that and take advantage of the chance to teach those kids and, and be a part of their lives. I see a worship team and a sound team that moves as one instrument in the hands of the Holy Spirit, a team that desires perfection and flawless execution of all songs and forms of media used in the service, a team that sees that one of God's greatest desires is for his people to worship him in unison corporately and that without their ministry the people would not be able to come together and do this without confusion, a team that recognizes there is... Hours of practice, preparation, and investment for only minutes of execution, but could never, couldn't ever label it as work because of the reward of working hand in hand with the Holy Spirit is far too valuable to them. I see a team that recognizes there is an anointing for them to do what God has given them to do, and they pull on that anointing. They put pressure on God to make up any shortcomings they may have. A team that desires above all else the anointing of God to come upon what they do, God's stamp of approval. A team that seeks one thing and one thing alone, the anointing of God. And I know we've got a worship leader that's doing that. Shane, on the other hand, I don't know. But this includes our sound guys back there. You know, you guys probably, most people don't even realize what's going on back there. You know, those words don't just magically appear and follow the songs. They're here early in the mornings, too, doing these things because they're dedicated to be a part of what God's doing in those things. I see greeters and guest assimilation workers who recognize they are part of the first impression that churchgoers have of the church. They understand that their smile, their hello, their warm welcome is part of the preparation of the people's hearts into receiving the word of God. You ever think about that, greeters? Greeters and guest assimilation workers realize that they are representing God and his welcoming spirit into his house. I see these workers generally excited to see the faces of their fellow churchgoers. These workers understand that they are first persons that newcomers will come in contact with and are a huge deciding factor in the return of these guests and in their understanding for these guests to know that God greatly desires for them to be here. I see a set of workers who ooze the joy of God, are fun to be around, and make entering the church an experience every time. and we've got... We've got greeters that do that, that really make you feel welcome and excited to be here for you and things like that. I see groundskeepers, mowers, weed sprayers, and cleaners who desire to see the property at its best in all seasons. They understand that the work they do is the very first thing that all members and newcomers will see. They know they represent God, a God of excellence, and do everything with that same excellent spirit, bringing honor to their God. They aren't afraid to shed a little sweat Spend a little of their free time and go the extra mile to make Harvest Church, a church of God, scream excellence and a world that is allowing that to slip away. Amen. And again, this is what I believe God is going to do, and he's going to start moving on people's hearts if he hasn't already. I believe many of you are already being stirred in this area. Again, as I close it down here, if you're not, involved in any way and this is what you call home church come see me we'll give you an opportunity to be something part of something bigger than what you've got going on here than what you can even produce on your own if you're in a wrong spot go seek God or come tell me and we'll seek God together I'll pray with you I'll pray on your behalf that we will get you plugged into the right spot and these different systems and departments again I'll be coming to some of you personally But if any of those jumped out to you or God's been moving on your heart to do something, now is the time. This is your opportunity. That's the business that we're conducting this morning, so to speak, as we're getting this stuff in order. So today is the opportunity. Don't don't see me up here with somebody else and think, I'll get them next time. If God's moving on your heart, come see me so we can get it squared away. Don't let that wane off and the next time comes and it's so easy to just keep moving on and you just never really take the initiative to do something so today is the day that we're going to start plugging and moving forward to prepare for the days ahead for that big wave that's coming amen amen father i thank you for the word of god this day i thank you father god for what you have put in my heart and this 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 passion and and vision that you have birthed within my heart and father i thank you just as you did with moses how you called specific people to specific areas, Father God. You put it in their hearts. You put the wisdom in their hearts. You put the understanding in their hearts. You gave them the anointing and the grace to do those things that you have called them to do. I thank you, Father, that you're no respecter of persons, and what you've done for Moses, you'll do for us here at Harvest Church. So I'm asking you, Lord, to stir our hearts, every one of us, Stir our hearts. If we've grown wane in what we're doing, Father God, light a new fire within us. Encourage us to get into your word and to rebirth that fire, Father God. And I pray also, Father, that you would stir the hearts of the new ones, that you would stir the hearts of the, the ones that are already here to fulfill these different areas of ministry that we have need of here, Father God, that we might be a blessing to one another as you have called us to do, and we might be a blessing to you and inadvertently be a blessing to those outside of the church, Father God. So, Lord, I thank you for moving on all of our hearts this day, speaking to us exactly what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.